I rolled past the house on Louisiana Avenue. It's not pink anymore. I called my grandma and she didn't answer. How am I supposed to know what she had to eat anymore? I keep trying to tell myself everything will be okay. I'm not too sure anymore. I don't know what I'm doing it for anymore. Last night I felt her hug me so tight we merged together. Her essence is in me forever. She becomes the umbrella during my stormy weather, empowering me to push through whatever. My girl is right by my side. She steps up when the little girl in me wants to hide. Callie or Brig, when was she not ready to ride? Man, my grandma been a whole G. And thank God she passed it on to me. Her love, her wisdom, her temper, the heart of a selfless giver. For a while I didn't know what to do. And then I heard her say, I am within you. And every day I've seen a constant reminder. Everywhere I look, I find her. Although the vessel I loved is no longer here, my grandmother will never stop helping me conquer every single fear. I love you, my girl. Tell Papa Preston I say hi. Hey, y'all. So, um, for those of y'all that don't either A, know me personally, or B, follow my personal Instagram, which is uh, sweet underscore like niche, or follow me on Twitter, then you probably don't know what's going on in my life or what has been going on. So I'll give you a little bit of a um, short summary, I guess. So in, I think it was like June, either May or June of 2018, my grandma Joyce, which is my daddy mama, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. It's crazy because she got diagnosed like right before I, I mean not right before, right after I got accepted into my master's program and I was having to move to San Diego. So I was trying to decide if I wanted to leave or not and then she got diagnosed. So that like had a bit of an impact on my decision making process. Ultimately I did decide to go in. But anyway, so she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, I left whenever I would come home I'd be here and make sure I could take her to the doctor's appointment if she had one while I was home on visits, you know. So I would do that, you know, always make sure I would see her spend time. She was doing good. And, um, it ended up dropping from stage four to stage two. She wasn't doing chemo anymore. She was doing, like, some radiation treatments and stuff. And then um, this was around, like, this past July, actually. She, it dropped to stage two. And so, she was doing good, and like I always say, some unexpected shit <laughs> happens in life, and one of those unexpected things are when the people we love are going to go and transition into the next version of themselves, the version that no longer needs the vessel that we have come to love and adore so much. <laughs> So that's the unexpected part. We know that it's going to happen, but, um, you know, we don't really know when. And uh, so, yeah, the poem that I opened this episode of Nisha's Room with, I haven't named it anything. I think I might name it Elaine because that was her middle name. Uh, that is her middle name. But I'm not sure. Um, what I'm titling it yet. It might be like, anyway, 
So this episode of Misha's Room is for me. This one is for me. <laughs> I know I write for me, but this episode in particular is for me, for my family, for my little cousins, my mama, my daddy, my sister, you know, my people. And um, it's to help me and us process through. And for whatever reason, I enjoy sharing my process with the world. So welcome to it. And if you decide to stick through this episode, I hope you get something from it. And if you'd rather not deal with it, I don't take it personal. <laughs> Again, this is for me. But anyway, um, so yeah, I opened the poem with um, talking about the house on Louisiana Avenue. So I told y'all I'm from New Orleans, right? I'm from New Orleans. I was born uptown, and I grew up in this pink house on Louisiana Avenue. And I don't know why it stands out. I don't know. It's a pink-ass house. It was really funny. They got these big pillars on it. Anyway, so when we moved out of the house on Louisiana, Louisiana Avenue, we ended up going on, like, we stayed on Olympia somewhere. We stayed on Constance, too. But, you know, some years passed. And now I'm 25, damn near 26 years old. But I still remember where the house is. Now, I don't remember the exact address. So, like, it ain't like I could go and type in. But I know how to drive to get there, which is fucking crazy because we haven't lived there in, like, well over a decade. But anyway, well over, like, yeah, definitely well over a decade. Almost two. Anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, I drove past the house. Cause, you know, I was like riding around looking for um, holes and stuff. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, damn, the pink house not pink no more. And I've been knew that like they painted the house. I think it was like this creamish white-ish color or something like that. But like I've been knew it was a pink, but it just kind of hit me in my chest that like, ooh, the house that I grew up in isn't pink anymore. My grandma, that was my grandma house. So like my grandma house isn't pink anymore. I, uh, and my grandma just passed away. That was the point. My grandma passed away um, September 22nd. It was of natural causes. She passed in our home. Um, they tried to revive her, did CPR and all of that stuff for a while. But, um, ambulance and stuff came to try to do their thing. But at the end of the day, my papa Preston, that was, is her husband who passed years and years before she did. He said it was time for her to bring her happy ass home. And so <laughs> God called her. And took her home. Anyway, so yeah, the whole thing with like change was kind of hitting me hard because like the house isn't pink anymore. I call my grandma phone and she don't answer the phone when I call her. Um, and then I used to always ask her what she ate because I think she had some kind of stomach cancer. I don't really exactly remember. I don't. I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. But I think it was some kind of stomach cancer, and I, it would always fuck with her stomach. So I would ask her, did she eat? Because she was good for not eating nothing all day. And then I would ask her, like, how she feels and stuff. And so it was crazy because it's like, how am I supposed to know what you ate? If you don't answer the phone, lady, <laughs> but she can't answer the phone because she's no longer in that uh, vessel. And so, you know how people are always like, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I kept telling myself that and repeating that to myself on and on over and over and over again. But I wasn't believing it. And it was like really, really hard for me to believe it. 
And then I started getting these feelings of like, what am I doing all of this for? Like, I've been going to school my whole life. I write. I try to motivate other people. I try to work hard. I've always been diligent. I do everything, but for what? If ultimately the people I love are going to pass and I'm past, <laughs> this time is only temporary. So what am I doing all this for? That's the thoughts that I had. I wrote that um, like early when she passed. I told her she passed on September 22nd. So like that part I wrote a few days after she passed. And then, um, you know, I was grieving, going through my process. And I remember I was in my best friend's bed and like I ended up like falling asleep. But when I felt fell asleep, um, I guess she was on my mind, or I'll tell y'all this later if you want to talk about it one-on-one, she came and gave me a hug. And so then when I felt that hug, it was like she was squeezing me. And I'm asleep, but anyway. It was like she was squeezing me. And I woke up the next morning and I started writing the second half of the poem, which was, uh, last night I felt her hug me so tight we merged together. Her essence is in me forever. She becomes the umbrella during my stormy weather, empowering me to push through whatever. My girl is right by my side. So like once I started writing that part, it was like in reality, I felt that hug and I felt like her essence merge in with mine. Now you can say what you want to say. You can call me what you want to call me. I know what I felt and I know what it is. And so when I felt us like merge together, it was like I absorbed that strength or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how to really describe it, but it was like that moment was the moment that was like it, it was that reassurance that I was looking for that I would call my grandma and get. You know? That was my girl. Like My middle name is Joyce. I chose it because I got my name changed and I was in like second grade or something like that. I don't know. Long story, I was able to pick my middle name and I was torn between Ashanti and Joyce and I chose Joyce, my grandma Joyce. <laughs> so anyway, I felt like the Joyce in me like get stand up. I felt, you know, anyway. So yeah, um, she steps up when a little girl in me wants to hide. Callie O'Brien, when was she not ready to ride? Man, my grandma been a whole G. My grandma, I told her to be from Uptown. My grandma, my daddy, you know, was raised in the Callie My mama is from the Magnolia. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so yeah. Um, my grandma don't play. Like, I don't take no shit. My grandma don't take no shit. Like, for real, for real. And my grandma will tell you, like, she'll tell it like it is, period. And she don't bite her tongue for nobody. And she'll snap on you in a heartbeat. So when I say she, yeah. <laughs> when I say she passed on that temple to me, she definitely did. That's where I get it from. But it's in the kindest, most loving way. And she handled her business. My grandma a hustler. She's been a hustler her whole life. She grinds. She's a go-getter. She do whatever she got to do for her family, and she don't take no shit, period, at the end of the day. And I love that. And um, that's the kind of woman I aspire to be like. That's the kind of woman I aspire to be, period, at the end of that sentence. And um, that's why I said, and thank God she passed it on to me, 
her love, her wisdom, her temper, the heart of a selfless giver. And um, like I said, she's really, really selfless. She'll do anything for anybody. I didn't see my mama open her door for anybody who needs anywhere to go. She does. And she loves and she takes care of people and she would not deny anybody a meal ever. She's like, that's my girl. She's very, very selfless. And everybody knows that. But anyway. And um, then I go on to say, for a while I didn't know what to do. That takes back to when it first happened and I wrote the first half of the poem, the part where it was like, I don't know what I'm doing it for anymore. It's like, yeah, I didn't know what to do. Then I heard her say, I am within you. Brings me back to that moment when I felt her hug me and like we merge. It's like, she is within me. We are there. She is here. We are, you know, we are, we are. And so then um, I go on to say, and every day I've seen a constant reminder. Everywhere I look, I find her. It's crazy is, okay, so I got to get a story first. <laughs> When I was young, we was living in the pink house on Louisiana Avenue, and I remember asking my grandma, what happened to her shoulder? And, like, my grandma had this scar or something like that on her shoulder, right? And when I asked her what happened, she told me a caterpillar bit her. And so I'm a child. I go outside and try to kill every caterpillar in the world. Like, I was on a fucking mission to kill all the caterpillars. So I'm outside from like our house, the pink house, to the corner stove, just stepping on shit, just <laughs> killing caterpillars. <laughs> and, um, it was because she told me that. But anyway, so later on I found out that a caterpillar did not bite her. Something else that she got to start from. Anyway, so um, bring us back to now. When I first found out that um, she passed, I started to kind of sporadically see these butterflies not a bunch of butterflies but it's like I would always see a butterfly and it's like one I'm just not used to seeing butterflies like that it ain't springtime I don't know when butterflies come out but I see a lot of caterpillars now anyway so um I was seeing these butterflies and then it reminded me of the caterpillar story experience with my grandma it's like, oh, caterpillars turn into butterflies, connected. I tried to kill them all, but they still here living, you know, the process. And so then I would see them when I was walking and sad and, like, thinking and stuff like that. And so then today was my grandma's funeral. This morning, I was sitting up on the river. It's, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. I was sitting up there crying, listening to music and stuff. And um, I started hunting for a butterfly. Like, hunting, hunting. I'm looking all over, and I'm sitting in the park, so I'm expecting to see some butterflies, right? No. I did not see a butterfly. So that made me cry even more, because it's like, I was holding on to this belief that, oh, maybe it'll be okay. Maybe these butterflies are a symbol. These, these butterflies I've been seeing are showing me that, like, this is my grandma, like, with me. And then I didn't see a butterfly. And so I'm like, bitch, what's the point all over again? Like, get sad. So then I was getting sadder because I was already sad. So then it's like time for me to go back to the car. So I'm walking back to the car and then I feel something on my arm. And so I look at my forearm and like, well, I mean, I don't really look at it, but like I look and I see something. I see a bug. So then I like blow like, and shake it <laughs> to try to get it off. I don't do bugs. And so then the bug didn't move. And so then I focused on it and I saw it was a butterfly. 
a butterfly landed on my forearm when I was walking back to the car after I like felt like I was giving up all hope in a sense like I felt like that what am I doing it for again and then lo and behold I see that confirming or that affirming butterfly land on my forearm my girl been with me she ain't never leave then um so like I said I see these signs every day and I've been seeing that even happen at the uh repast I was feeling you know trying to keep myself up and serious, but I'm going up and down the roller coaster as expected. And then I was walking outside to my car and I see a butterfly flew by. Just one. And I was like, what's up, Grand? <laughs> Hello, grandmother. Speaking of grandmother, when I was younger, I would um say that. I still well, really up to the when she passed, every time she called me, or I call her, we'll get on the phone and I'll be like, Hello, grandmother and she'll be like, Hello, Jamisha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we did that. I guess it was something I started when I was young. And we just did it, uh, you know, forever and continue to do so. And so then um, I mentioned that piece in the poem. Although the vessel I loved is no longer here, my grandmother will never stop helping me conquer every fear. That's truly how I feel. Although, like, the body that I grew to love isn't here anymore. She is, and she is not going anywhere. I can talk to her whenever I want to, and all I have to do is sit still enough, long enough, be patient enough, have enough faith to hear what her answer is. She always answered all of my questions, no matter how fast I shot them off, or no matter how many I had. Y'all, I asked a million and one questions. She never failed to, like, try <laughs> to answer them for me. And I don't believe she's going to stop that. I just believe I have to adjust my hearing a little bit. And my hearing may be me being able to sit down and, like, listen for real. Me following my guides. Because when we hugged and merged together, she became one of them. And now... She is one of the voices in my head. Like, I really hear her voice. She answers me. She's there. And I think that's what's keeping me going. It is hard. But, like, I'm happy because we are strong and we are family. And I love my family so much. And I'm so glad that, like, I got to see all of us come together. And although we had is no hiccups and stuff, everybody stepped up and everybody did their part in some part. Like, it was, it was good. Thank y'all for um, getting through this episode with me. I hope you found some strength. I hope you found some peace. Tell the people you love, you love them, why you still came. I know people say that in this kind of moment, but in reality, let them know you love them. Love yourself and live. That's what you're doing it for. You're doing it for the experience of living. So you might as well experience living. Does that make sense? Leave a legacy. Hug your people. <laughs> Text somebody. Anyway. Thank you for bearing through this episode. Let them know you love them. 
And I can't wait to see y'all next time in these shits. Right